So they have this moment where they're like, I'm gonna stop being you know, this person I don't wanna be, and they give it a shot, and they suck. So they're like, I'm not good as a good person, so I'm gonna go back to being a crappy person, and they ruin all their relationships, they ruin their family, they end up broke, they end up dead. When you get rid of these mental thoughts that your body's become addicted to, your mind's become addicted to, it's learned to be a negative person, it's learned to be a backstabber, it's learned to be all of these things, that isn't gonna change overnight. No amount of magic pill is gonna change that overnight. You're gonna to have to get disciplined, you're gonna to have to grind for a couple of months. And then one day, what do you know, you're a new you. Welcome to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse-to-lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your hosts, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Waste No Day podcast. Your host, Nate and Brian, hanging out with you. And we're looking forward to another episode with returning guest, Todd Lyles, will be joining us today to talk about the spark that ignites the fire. And we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, coaching and the ideas of taking your business to the next level. But before we get into that, Brian and I are going to do a little bit of digging in ourselves. And we're going to look to Brian to start us off with a quote. The spread of civilization may be likened to a fire. First, a feeble spark. Next, a flickering flame. Then, a mighty blaze, ever increasing in speed and power. Nikola Tesla. Tesla, okay, got it. Nice. The true, I like the, the true inventor. I liked the spark slash fire thing because, you know, we only do an hour, hour and a half show a week and... And if you look at our intro, it's like, I don't know, usually somewhere between 10 and 20 minutes or something, right? Yep. Not usually counting. But uh, what are we really hoping we do with the podcast? And what are we really hoping we do here with technicians? You know, if, if I do a Wednesday morning training or if, if right now I'm uh, kind of overseeing the Sparky department, the electricians, um having morning meetings with them or even a one-on-one in my office is you hope in the short time you get to spend with someone that you ignite a little spark and, and they go elsewhere and find kindling and the fuel and they turn that thing into a giant flame. But that's what we hope we're doing with this podcast. And, and every episode is like, yeah, you know, I was talking to someone recently who, uh, you know, candidly someone who works here, about uh, someone who was actually on the show before, about whether or not she listens to all of the episodes. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Should I keep digging? That limits it pretty much. And um, she said, yeah, try to listen to them. You know, some of them are just like, yes, for me, you know, and then some of them are a little a little, just not, not my thing. And I'm like, right. Like all of them are nobody's thing, right? I mean, we cover so much in this show that, no matter what, you've li- you're going to listen to an entire episode. Some part of it is not for you, but the idea is to just look for that spark in, in one episode that ignites some flame in you. And our hope is that, you know, mostly income-based, I would say. I was talking to some people earlier today about 
someone with a fairly low conversion rate who does a lot of caring for people and we're probably not the company for them kind of thing. And, you know, maybe they're better served with someone else. And I'm just like, I don't understand what, what the win is there for you. You know, like for one, that customer forgot who you were the second you left. So the amount of quote unquote care that you have for them is, it's pretty heavy compared to the amount of care that they have for you. To, to be fair, I don't believe this. I believe this is an excuse for someone who's, who's uh, doing a poor job of building value for our products and services. And it's not like, you know, if we're talking about, say, a, I don't know, tankless water heater, and, and they're buying a tankless water heater. It's not like they're not getting it, right? They're just not getting it from you. And they may very well go find someone in the market who charges what we charge or more and get it from them. They're getting it. HVAC system, electrical panel, whatever it is, right? You're not doing them the favor of not spending money. You're just doing yourself the disservice of spending all that time with them and then someone else getting it, right? And <clears throat> even if it's just that kind of thing, this kind of conversation this maybe sparks in someone a small flame of tenacity, where I'm not just going to be thrown off by the first little speed bump that pops up, what we, what we might call an objection, but it's typically just a hiccup that those of us have, who have been doing this for a long time understand that it's typically something the client is looking for you to help them through, but if you take it as hardcore objection because you got to get your needs met on the call instead of where you're supposed to be getting your needs met, which is at home or in your paycheck, or by taking great care of this client, especially when you're one of the people who says we do a better job on, on serving our clients than most, most companies in our area. Um, if that's the case, then you should be ferociously going after these clients to get them to do business with us because you're protecting them from what they could get out in the market. And we know what that is because we all go see what those less worthy rivals or competitors of ours do in the marketplace. So you should be among the most ferocious people in, in the industry for going after your clients and overcoming objections. But every, but every episode we do, we hope is just a spark that ignites some flame in someone. It's why we can do an episode on physical fitness for one and a half hours and not revisit that for months or years or, you know, a jiu-jitsu episode or, you know, just whatever we happen to be into at the time and, and hope that someone picks it up or what if we do, like half an hour on getting a CPAP and having a sleep study done. Yeah, it was more than half an hour. <laughs> okay. Nate did a sleep study while I was talking yes. about it. Uh, it's just it's just a spark. It's when, if we can drop one nugget, one seed that grows into a tree that helps somebody, then we've done of great thing with this show and we could pack it up now and we've really accomplished something in our lives. So, and the same goes for our morning meetings. If we can just drop a seed and a spark and it creates a flame and it gets somebody off and running in the right direction in their lives, then we've, we've done a big thing. And that is kind of what, uh, that Nikola Tesla quote made me think about, despite the fact that he was talking about civilization, but the spark becoming a, flickering flame and becoming a 
mighty blaze was uh just created a cool mental picture for me i i like that brian and i think i think some of what my where my mind is going is basically like what is the kindling that is going to be most receptive to that spark you know it's one thing to be throwing uh throwing your light around uh, and trying to light on fire a bunch of pieces of metal versus leaves or twigs or hay or something that's far more flammable. Uh, and, and to tie that back into, you know, business, what I'm getting at is because this show or whatever training you do at your location or whatever podcasts or books or messaging that you're listening to may have a strong diversity to it of topic and subject and all that. Sometimes we get pulled into this uh, mindset of, of being distracted by a thousand things, right? And they're all good things, worthy, uh, notable things that are, are valuable to pursue. Uh, Brian, at the beginning of the year, I, I started in the gym and I've been trying to do some weightlifting and get my body a little bit more fit. I'm pretty close to how you look now. Um, I would say, and it didn't take me that long to get there, but, um, it's, if it's by been good. Close to what I look like. You mean my forearms and your quads. That's, that's what I was getting <laughs> yes. at. Yes. <clears throat> what, what I'm trying to say though, is uh, right now I'm focusing on a lot of my, the first workouts that I did was a lot of whole body stuff, just trying to get my body kind of, uh, into the rhythm of lifting weights and, and using different machines and different movements and all this stuff. And so every workout day was a little bit of everything. And as I moved into the, uh, the second stage of my workout plan, I started doing more focused training, more upper body, more lower body uh, type training. And boy, did it make a difference. Now I'm, I'm way more sore on specific days than I was when I was doing the full body. And you keep drilling that down to the point where it's like, Maybe for you, the reason that your spark isn't catching into a flame, isn't turning into a blaze is because you're just like spitting sparks every which way that is possible and not actually intentionally focusing that effort into a specific area of your life. So take, for example, you know, if, if I wanted to get biceps, you know, curls, get the girls, then I need to focus my attention there. And I'm going to see far more intentional successes and wins if I treat it intentionally. So for you in business, for you in a truck, for you doing your thing right now, is there an area of specificity that you can focus your intentions on getting better? Maybe for you, it is straight up client service, me staying in front of a client. Maybe it's technical. Maybe it's even more refined where you're getting down to the nitty gritty of saying, I need to become more adept at asking questions in the home. I'm far more, uh, I'm far too uh, talkative. I'm always stating things instead of asking things. I need to be more curious. So maybe your intentional focus where you're going to spend your efforts trying to get that spark to catch into something is just disciplining yourself into becoming a question curious person. Every time that you're in front of a client, every time that you're in front of a human being, I have forced myself to ask three questions before I give a statement, whatever it is. Putting that focus point into a specific muscle group, your arms, your legs, your delts, your pecs, whatever it is, is going to have a far more intentional result than it will if you're doing this full body workout every single time. Now, both are going to have results and both are going to get you stronger. But 
the full body workout is going to take a long time and the effects are going to be much more measured in those specific areas than if you would be intentional about it. So my challenge with this idea of the spark that starts the flame and, and taking that to your, your work life is choosing an area that you know you're weak in and work those muscles out. Yeah, more and more, I, I feel like this statement is true. And I used to say it kind of flippantly, but now it's, it's becoming my motto. Like your, your, your job at work, especially when you have a family, you got a spouse and kids at home. Your job at work primarily is, is trying to figure out how to make more money and less time spent. I really feel like that. Like that's first, foremost, primary. Make more money and less time. That's what you should be doing when you leave your house specifically to go earn an income and get back to your family. That's number one. Number two, serve people, be a great team, uh, a member of your team, you know, uplift your, your coworkers, uplift your clients. Um, that's all secondary. Like it's necessary, but it's secondary. Primarily you should just be trying to get better at making more as much as possible in as small amount of time and get back to your family because that's who's the most important people in your life, period, end of story. So when I have these salespeople who never stop with how much they care about the client, which is somehow the reason they didn't do business with us today, it, it happened today. So I, <laughs> I won't say when we're recording this so we don't call anyone out, but it happened today and this person felt okay to drive home happy with no business being transacted and that customer going to call someone else and get that job done by them. Very frustrating for me because it probably because I don't see it the way this person sees it. That person's job, that person leaves the family in the morning to go earn an income. So be about that. Everything else is secondary. Everything else is secondary and yet still supportive of that first goal, right? Yeah, and it, it really does. It makes you, all those other things make you better at that first goal. And you get to go home a happier person. And so part, part of this thing is, it's like, let's we'll talk like an 80-gallon hybrid water here. You know, we're going through our pricing right now, updating our pricing with all these price increases that uh, are coming and have just recently come and and it's time to uh, reevaluate all of our material and equipment costs and, and do some updating. So we're like 80 gallon hybrid water heater, you know, our plumbing manager, Brennan's like, boy, this is, we're going to be charging this much for this water heater, you know, just this tank of water. And it's like, yes. Um, and if we go at it like that, <laughs> It's we're going to keep them on the truck or in the warehouse until the warranty expires, you know, because so we can't we can't present like that. And it, and it helps to bundle things. And I was a big bundler when I was in a truck, which is to say, instead of saying, um, here's what we're going to do, we're going to take out this water heater and put in the exact same thing for you. It's like, no way you cannot you can't do that because where's what's the difference now between us who employ 130 people and have all these ladders up around the building where people have the opportunity to 
far exceed their their wildish dreams in terms of income and and uh, authority and responsibility. And you know we provide that here, but it costs more than if Nate Minnick threw a magnet on the side of his pickup truck and said, "Now I'm Nate Minnick Plumbing, Nate Minnick Water Heaters," and he rolls up with the exact same tank and does a some version of that job. Maybe it's a decent version of it. Maybe it's not. Doesn't matter because the client doesn't know that when they're deciding whether to write the check or not. Right. All that matters in that moment is the presentation of it. So. For me, it was like, what else do we offer? We talk about it, everything we offer that Nate Minnick Inc. doesn't offer. And then maybe we add some things in. Like, you know, if you see the master bedroom is, is five rooms away from the water heater, then you say, you know, with this, we include this comfort series insta-hotter water thingy, as uh, our Wizard of Ads commercial would say. It's just a recirculating pump that keeps hot water pumping maybe on a timer that so that, you know, if you get up at 530 and get in the shower at 450 or five o'clock, this thing just starts turning hot water from from the master bath to the water heater. So it's just flowing back and forth, back and forth. No water being wasted, just just rolling back and forth. And when you turn your faucet on, boom, instant hot water instantly comes out of the tap. So you don't wait three or four minutes for it to get there. So you just, you build these things into your package, right? The cost is going to be significantly different from a company who employs 130 people and has multiple, multiple six-figure income people in, into the, well into the six-figure income versus Nate Minnick, water heater guy, who's not even making six figures himself and uh, just has his truck and a magnet on the side of it, Right. So we have to build in that value to make us different. Hopefully that sparked a fire in some people. Hey. Absolutely, Brian. And we're going to have uh, some good discussion with Todd Lyles today. And he's going to be talking about some programs that he's offering uh, for young and upcoming businesses, small businesses to take them to the next level. And uh, hopefully also some discussion about uh, what that means on a personal level as well. Before we get to that interview, though, it's time for our review of the week. Don't waste another minute. Forget about a day, right, buddy? That's right. Don't waste another minute. Five stars. Absolutely love these podcasts. Brain and Nate <laughs> truly help each other. Freudian oh, slip there, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Brain and Nate truly help each and every person, both in their professional and personal lives with the topics and discussions they have. Truly enjoy listening to these guys. Hashtag Brian Rocks. Got it right that time. Nice. Hashtag Nate Rocks. In the proper order, I might, I might add. Hashtag Little Chirp Rocks. That was Choose Joy 921. Oh, I like that. Uh, I like that username, Brian. We do appreciate people who choose joy. I wonder what 920, is it September 21st birthday? I don't know. Number of days in the plumbing industry. He or she had a baby in September of 2021. No, could be. Got, got married in 2021. Got the EPA certification in September of 21. Figured out that electrical was not for him in 2021. Ooh, celebration. <laughs> we appreciate the review. 
ChooseJoy921 and appreciate you listening. And if you would be so kind as to share your thoughts, if you really like the show, on uh, an Apple review or tag us in Facebook or whatever. Hit, hit the five star on the Spotify star rating um, or just share it with a friend. Either way, we don't say it enough. We appreciate you listening to the show. Absolutely. And you're going to appreciate listening to this show as we put Mr. Todd Lyles in your passenger seat. Our guest today is returning. He is Mr. Todd Lyles. He's a Southerner, born in Louisiana, grew up in Mississippi, and is now living in Texas. He grew up in the trades. His first construction job was at age 14. He's earned his uh, reputation in the trades as a builder, a tech, a salesman, a trainer, an owner, an executive, and more. He's been the director of training for serious organizations, and he is deeply in love with his dear wife, and he's not going to let her go. Been married since 2001, and he's joining us today to talk about some new programs that he's bringing out uh, with his main organization, Service Excellence. We're looking forward to that. Welcome back to the show, Todd. Hey, Nate and Brian, thank you so much. How are you guys doing today? We are doing great, man. Couldn't be better. It's been a been a great morning so far and looking forward to this conversation. Well, I'm, I'm super thankful that you guys are taking some time with me uh, to talk about Spark and, and just to let the industry know what we're doing and why we're doing it and, uh, and more importantly, who we are doing it for. So, so you guys taking this time to, to help me get the word out to the world is, is very generous. I, I very much appreciate that. I just want you guys to hear my sincere thank you there. Appreciate it. So, yeah, uh, Absolutely. What we want to do here is, uh, you know, you're an invited back on guest, which is exciting. And we had you on last year. But if some people might not have uh, caught that episode or maybe they've only joined us since then, We'd sure love to hear a little bit of that recap on your story and how you got into the trades. I'd love to do that. So um, I officially got into the trades around the age of about 14, 14, 15, sometime in that age, building homes. And just as a short recap, the reason why I started building homes with who is my now brother-in-law, he was dating my sister. They were both super young, right? My sister was 16. He was 18. But the reason why I did that was because prior to that, I was working on my stepdad's farm and in the woods with him, literally cutting down trees, you know, driving 18-wheelers when he was drunk. <laughs> he needed someone to drive. And guys, I got started doing that when I was 11, and that is not an exaggeration. And I thought to myself, you know, building homes has got to be easier than that. So I did the home building thing through high school, uh, through a couple years in college. And then when I had graduated college, I ended up working for a small heating and air conditioning company in West Monroe, Louisiana called Service First. They were primarily a commercial services business and they'd never done more than about a million dollars a year. They've been in business for 18 years. So they hired me to help them grow their market. Now, I'm 21 years old. I know absolutely nothing about selling heating and air conditioning. I really know basically nothing about heating and air conditioning either. But what I started doing was I just started absorbing as much information as I could, right? I, I turned my car into a rolling library. I couldn't get enough Tom Hopkins. I couldn't get enough Zig Ziglar. Those were the two guys I was just absolutely wearing out, just listening, absorbing. And then I was volunteering my nights and weekends as a technician because I thought to myself, you know, if I learn the technical side and I learn how to communicate, then I'm going to have a double whammy. 
So that really started taking off. My sales started going like crazy. I started adding residential into it by accident because all of these commercial clients that we had that were working for like the city of Bastrop, Century Tell and West Monroe, they would just say, hey Todd, can, can you do my home air conditioning system? And I was like, sure, why not, <laughs> right? So Service First wasn't even interested in it. They didn't want to do residential at all. So I just started selling residential as a byproduct and really kind of fell in love with it. By the way, guys, by the time I was 24, I had $2.6 million of residential service and commercial services that I was selling underneath my belt. And we had zero, and I mean zero marketing budget. Mike wouldn't give me a penny. So I had a zero marketing budget that was all done by knocking on doors, building relationships, making connections. And so that caught the attention of a guy that knew Jim Abrams in West Monroe. And I can't remember his name right now, but he was part of the early consolidation. And uh, he had, I don't know if he told Jim or Terry or Carl, but he had told one of those guys about it. And he's like, hey, you should go to one of their success days, go see what they're doing. Uh, I think you guys would like to join that group that, with the, the more residential work that you're doing. Um, they called and we were scheduled for one. I want to think it was in Dallas and we didn't make it. And I rode down by myself to New Orleans and I, I sat through that and I listened to Carl and Carl was talking. I was getting excited and I was asking questions and, and we were just talking, right? And when the success day was over, you know, he asked us, hey, won't you join? And I'm literally sitting there with no authority. There's no way I can join. I'm a, I'm a sales guy. I can't, I can't join this thing. But I wanted to. So I'm walking out. I don't think I told you guys this story last time. But Carl, like I'm about to get into my car. And Carl's like, hey, hey, Todd, 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 Todd. He like chased me out of the building. Are we talking about Carl DeBenny? Yeah, Carl DeBenny. Okay. Carl DeBenny. The, the guy that used to run New Millennium Academy. He's a, uh, I think he's been like a president with ARS for a bunch of years down in Florida now. For, former armor ranger. So like Carl like chased me out of the building. And it's like, hey, 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 ta, 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 where are you going? Where are you going? I'm like, oh, hey, hey, Carl. He's like, man, you need to become part of the team. I'm like, dude, I would love to, but I don't own the company. He's like, no, 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 no. I mean, you like, you need to come be part of our team. You, with your with your energy and what you know and what you've done, you need to be part of our team. So I was like, oh wow, you know. So uh, that, that I didn't tell you guys this story last time, did I? No. Yeah. So, and I'm going to give you guys a little another little insight about the way my brain thought because because of listening to Zig and listening to Tom. And I remember the story where Tom talked about going outside of a restaurant to meet this high-end client and he knew he would be there. Well, I had been listening to these stories. So I had like washed my car before I drove to New Orleans. I had cleaned it out. And I had literally said to myself, this could be an opportunity because I'd become so convinced of that. Like everybody you meet is an opportunity. And I still believe that to this day. So I was halfway you know, believing like something like that would occur, but it did happen. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. So they had offered me a chance to come up for an interview. I had a, a vacation. My wife and I took a week and I put together a PowerPoint presentation. I went up there and I knocked it out of the ballpark. Like I knew I did. Um, they made me an offer and I loved that company that I was with so much. Um, I had actually said, I, d I don't think I'm going to take the offer. I think I'm going to go back. I want to get I want to get them to join because I still think this is a great organization. I think I want to get them to join and and then I'm just going to just continue to grow with you guys and grow service first. That was that was my vision. 
Well, I went back. By the way, these guys were going to give me equity in the business. Like, we were in conversations about that. And I really believed with all of my heart that residential was going to be like our path to growth. And I went back and I'm talking to Mike Bellissimo and Kalinda, his wife, and I'm trying to talk them into it. I'm like, let's just go to Profit Day. Just go see it. Go see it. Go see what this could do. This, this could be awesome. And um, they weren't interested. And, and they, he was very offended by it. So I, I walked away from it going, you know, I'm, I'm going to make this decision to go over there. So it was a really tough breakup because Mike, Mike loved me, right? And I actually wrote Mike a letter. And Mike a, is, a, is an Italian man that did time in Vietnam. He was like a helicopter repair mechanic. The guy was super technically smart, loved this guy, but he has that old school kind of like Italian attitude. But when I had uh, said I want to go over there, I, I stepped away from equity because I felt like the knowledge that I would have learned would have been more valuable in the long run. But I wrote him a letter, and, and I mean, I, I still remember this letter. Like, I had tears coming out of my eyes as I was writing it, telling them how much I loved them, and I, I wish they would change their mind, and if they would ever change their mind, I'll come back and I'll run the company. And Mike sort of had that you're dead to me philosophy. Like, I went back and saw him, like, years later, and he acted like he didn't know who I was. <laughs> mm. That still kind of hurts, but I can tell you I still love the guy and still have so much gratitude. But So I, I went over there. And, and I always sort of had that heart for other people. And the very first class that I taught, I cried in it. I might have told you that. That was embarrassing. But uh, I was nervous, and I had high energy, and I was telling a story about my sister-in-law who was healed of a, of a disease that was debilitating. I started crying. I'm like, man, these plumbers and are going to rip me apart because it was a plumbing group. And I'm out in the hall, and I'm trying to get myself together, and like five big plumbers come over, and they're hugging me. And a couple of them are crying because they've had life experiences to where they've had people that were sick. And I mean, I'm telling you, dude, I was like, oh my God, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to break these hard edges of these hard individuals who have had hard life experiences, but they're humans and, and make these deep emotional connections and change their life as they're changing mine. So that was sort of like, okay, this is the gig for me. And I, and I knew that that was my passion. So three and a half years there at Clockwork Home Services, this was when they were all combined. So it was the SGI groups, it was the one hours, the bins, the, the, the uh, Mr. Sparky, it was everybody. And I was the, the director of training, the youngest executive person at that team. So I was the director of training of all of Success Academy. And, and, and we did the same thing. Success Academy had never done more than a million dollars in business before I'd been there. And that's a fact. As far as I can recall, based off the numbers, that's a fact. And by the time we were done there, we did 3.4 million. So very similar trajectory to what we did with uh, Service First. They had an established business, I tripled their business more than that, did the same thing inside of my division. And then at, at a certain point, I got to, I guess I was about 28 or so, and my wife and I had a miscarriage in St. Louis, and we had no family. And then I, uh, I lost my grandfather. And, and all of these life events were hitting me really hard, especially the, the loss of our, you know, our child that, uh, that didn't come to fruition. And we just said, you know, it's time to move and be closer to family. So we moved to Texas, and I had a 15% minority partnership opportunity that I could get started with with you know no no cash and I was like all right that sounds like a good deal 
So we moved to Austin. We started a business. Similar type of growth. You know, we didn't buy anyone. We built it from scratch. And about three years after that was done, I always had this vision of I wanted to get back to training somehow. I didn't know how it was going to happen. But I'd served out my non-competes and all those things. And, and I wasn't getting along with my business partner in Austin. So I was like, let me sell you back the 15%. And, and it wasn't much. The business was, wasn't worth a lot. But I took a little bit of money. I took my computer. And I started, you know, service excellence. Service excellence as an idea, <laughs> anyway, gentlemen. So there was no business yet. It was an idea. And uh, Shannon was still working at the company that we'd built, Drain and, and Air Rescue, and then she quit. And then, gentlemen, get this. I don't have a job. I have a vision. I, I'm sitting here, like, putting together ideas. Uh, we're, we're living off our family savings. Um, and starting a business is expensive, right? So I was, I was making more money as a as an employee for clockwork than I was as a business owner at 15% on salary and whatever little profits we had but I was like oh I believe in this so we got our savings my wife leaves there she gets offered a job at Goodman she accepts the job at Goodman but but during the moment of accepting it she has to get up and go throw up she gets sick so why is she sick? It's like, I don't know why she's Uh-oh. sick. Uh-oh. I, I can guess. Yeah. <laughs> Having yeah, four kids well, each here, we can probably guess. Yeah, yeah. That's what happened. She was pregnant. So she couldn't take the job. Now, get this, gentlemen. This is, this is, I didn't tell you this. I know I didn't tell you this because I've been ashamed of this for a long time, and, and I'm not ashamed of it anymore. It's just part of the story. So I don't have a job. I have an idea. She doesn't have a job. She's pregnant. And we're like, okay, well, we got to get some insurance now, right? Because our COBRA just ended. And then at that point in time, if you got pregnant, that was a pre-existing condition. So guess what? We don't have insurance. I'm like, holy smokes. I'm calling every insurance company I can, just like, hey, I got the money. I'll pay for it. My wife's pregnant. We need insurance. They won't accept us. So it wasn't a matter of not being willing to do it. Just couldn't do it. And I was talking to this, this agent, and I can hear her voice in my head. I can't remember her name, but I can hear her voice in my head. And, boy, this is off track, but this, I want to tell you this anyway. She told me, she's like, hey, you, you need to get help. And I'm like, I know, I'm trying to buy it from you right now. She's like, no, 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 you need to, you need to call Texas Star Services. And I'm like, what's that? And she goes, it's, it's, it's welfare for families that don't have insurance. I'm like, there's no way. I'm not doing that. I'm not getting on welfare. I've got money. I'll pay for it. And the woman goes, do you have a job? And I'm like, well, yeah, I started this company. And she goes, has it made any money? And I'm like, well, not yet. She goes, well, you don't have a job. You have a dream. You got an idea. And she started grilling me. And she's like, have you been paying your taxes? And I'm like, yeah. She goes, have you been paying into these, these, uh, these, uh, these mandatory uh, items related to this. I'm like, yeah. She goes, so you've paid for this. So she goes, drop your ego and go take care of your family. And guys, that was humbling for me. Mm. I mean, it's still humbling for me. Yeah. But we did it. And then our daughter ended up being very sick, uh, had a, had a genetic condition and she was born and the night before she was born, she was in the hospital. It was very touch and go. One night we stepped away and said, okay, we're going to get some rest because the nurse told us to. They, they called us and said, hey, we had to resuscitate your daughter. She almost, she flatlined and we had to bring her back. 
And then the following day, I found out that Clockwork was suing me for a uh, for trademark infringement. That's public knowledge. Um, it was, I believe, it was a, a real misunderstanding. We took a picture on Facebook and posted it with one of the early clients that was working with us, and it was early in the days of Facebook. People didn't really know what that meant. Um, so, so I got all of this news all at once. By the way, just in case you guys are curious, the, the lawsuit thing is totally fine. We we settled uh, officially to mutual satisfaction. I did my best to to try to do that the right way, and I think I did because we actually provide like disc profiles and occasional training with Success Academy to this day. And and Lance and I are great friends, and we've we've had a chance to sort of laugh over those things. So I want to put that out there. There's been a healing and a resolution, so no hard feelings nice. on either side. I'm just saying it was stressful. Yeah, it was very stressful. Wow, that's a long that's a long backstory. Uh, hopefully, that's not too much. But but all of that. If if anybody is, wants to hear the rest, uh, Todd went into more detail about his story on episode one hundred and seven, providing service excellence in the home. I believe it was from September of twenty twenty two. Feel free to yeah. look it up, download, listen. If you like it, bam, five star review. Yeah, that's just that. Those are just the reasons why I do what I do. That that's the main point. Is 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 that I do it because I love it. I do it to help people, and uh, and I really want to. I really want to do things the right way. Nate, you're not perfect. Brian, you're not perfect. I certainly am not. And, but when I make a mistake, uh, or when someone else makes a mistake, you know, it's in my heart to try to find resolution and healing and say, hey, let's 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 not let this keep us apart. The last yeah, time that go we ahead. got to, the last time we got together, uh, you were telling us about your press play system, which was a great episode, mm-hmm. and there's so much there in terms of developing a process and and everything that you have to offer at the time with service excellence but now you're doing some fun new stuff so let's talk about that yeah all right cool so what was happening is that every week we we get these uh like reviews of companies we have this tool that we call scorecard it's really pretty neat you can go to serveextra.com and, and I think you can do like forward slash scorecard and it, it's an opportunity for companies to grade themselves. We ask a, a, you know, a number of questions based off your average ticket, your brand recognition, your operational flow, all of these things, right? And what we started seeing was about 50% and sometimes more in certain weeks would come in and these companies would give themselves very low grades, self-evaluated low grades, you know, failing grades. And then they would be under two million, under a million, need help. Well, they, they have a problem, right? They got a failing business and they're not making money and they need help. Well, we had a problem too because our core business model is not inexpensive. You know, to, to become a, a service excellence client under what we call our business ignition program, you know, the average client's around the thirty-five dollars to $45,000 mark per year. And we do amazing things for them, personalized one-on-one consulting, working with the managers and with the team. But if I'm a $1 million guy and my business is failing, I can't afford that. So I was watching this happen week and week and week and week. And I had to sort of, you know, ask myself a question. And that question is, you know, why am I doing this? Like, why am I really doing this? Am I really doing this to help people? And if I am, then it started challenging me to go, 
do you have a program that can help them? And I know you you might say all things are relative, and, and yes, we've had Jack Arnold, 400000 a year, now doing multiples of millions. He bought into the business ignition because the guy was brave. Most people whose business are failing are scared. So I just asked myself, how can I do that? And the answer became pretty obvious. And the, the only way that I was going to be able to provide a high touch level of service to these contractors is I was going to have to rework the offer, rework the system, break the mold on, on what we were doing with business ignition, re-put it back together so that it would be able to serve these people. And, and there was only a couple options for me to consider this, right? One option would be that I could go all video. A lot of people do this. I could go all video, no human touch points, just log into the system, watch the video, and you'll never have access to a human being. But what I know is that those type of systems, while they're highly profitable, and you can scale them and you can make a lot of money at them, most people actually don't ever even open them up and use them. Most people after, you know, they're super excited in the beginning and I think almost recorded content programs, you can evidence this over longevity and you can evidence this over actual results of the student or the company. They get all jazzed up, but then they don't really do anything with it and then they, they don't really execute. So option number one was to go really cheap and do all video content. Option number two was to go, well, why don't we make it a little bit higher investment, but that's still affordable, and then I take my style, our company's style, which is about human interaction, and it's about human touch, and take that human interaction and take that human touch and bring that to the market in a scalable way. And that's what Spark is. Spark is a system that if you're under $2 million in HVAC today, and Brian and Nate, I want to tell you, plumbing's coming, electrical's coming, and roofing is coming, okay? But if you're under $2 million in HVC today, and you become a Spark member, what you're going to get is literally daily access to real-life humans. That's what we call office hours. We got that Monday through Friday. Daily access to real-life human beings where you can log into Zoom, you can get your questions answered you can get your business plan worked on. You can get your marketing you know, plan reviewed with one of these guys. They can help you analyze the results. They can break it down for you. So real life human interaction, which is amazingly valuable. That's every day, every week. On Thursday, I lead one of those leadership Q&A where I drop a 20 minute Q&A lesson and then I do our 20 minute leadership lesson and then I do Q&A at the end. Now, that's every single day. But what I also know is that people are busy. So this was the other part of what I realized. Like if, if I'm a small company, I'm probably in the field a lot right now. I'm probably really busy. So how can I make this as high value, high touch, but at the same token, the minimum effective dose, you know, medicine. I like to call it meds. I want to get the minimum effective dose. So the only thing that we ask that people make sure they show up to every single month is a one minute, or pardon me, a one meeting per month meeting on the second uh, Tuesday of the month where I take them through a growth strategy plan. Now here's the thing, Nate and Brian, you guys are running a big operation. You're probably planning out your year in October. You know predictively what each and every single month is going to look like. You've got enough history. 
that you probably got that pretty dialed in. Is that fair to say? Yeah, we're pretty we're pretty ready to go when it's budget creation time. Yeah. Well, and that's where we want to go. But rewind now and and think about a guy who maybe hasn't been in business long or maybe he's been in business a long time, but he got stuck. He he never got out of the truck. This guy can't do that probably. And no offense to to the small guys that are listening to this and you're like, well, maybe I am doing it, but chances are if you're under two million, you're probably feeling me. So what we did was was I asked the question like, how can I do that? How can I help them predictively plan their year out if they haven't had data? So we have a 90-minute meeting where I will walk you on the second week of this month of April, for the sake of example, I'll walk you through predictively what you should do in May. I will help you understand your gross margins, where you need to be priced, what the number of calls you need to run are, at what percentages, and what conversions on things like service agreements or club memberships, and what conversions on leads. Now, here's the real magic of this, and this took hundreds of hours to figure out. And this is, this is pretty freaking awesome in my opinion. We go to every single member's city, city, and every single member's city, we do a 30-year market study on the average temperature, the high temperature, and the low temperature. And we pull that study into an Excel micro or, or macro enabled tool that's on one page. And you can click based off what your current temperatures are trending, the low, the average, and the high. And we've got that data to where it'll drop it into every single month. And it'll show you what your perfect ideal temps are, no demand. It'll show your cooling demand and it'll show your heating demand. And not only will it do that, but it'll break that out by temperature ranges so you know when you're going to be more taxed or less taxed. This was a game changer for us when we figured this out and figured out how, out how to do it because I can take someone now that has relatively little history. History is always better. We know this. But I can take someone that has relatively little history and very quickly show them what their expected demand is going to be. Now, we know I can't control the weather and neither can you. But what we also know is that this is based off the last 30 years of data. So this information up until this year is accurate. Nice. And it's always being updated. So when I can put that in front of someone and say, okay, let's take a look at this. This is your anticipated demand load. This is what you can expect for heating. This is what you can expect for cooling. These are going to be your dead seasons. What that allows someone to do is to begin to do the most critical thing that you can do when you're small, which is spend money when you're supposed to spend it and not when you're not supposed to. So, so that's the monthly growth strategy meeting. And then guess what? Once a month, we make them smarter too. So on the third week of the month, we have our master class where we bring in PhD Kerry Webb, who's been with us for over six years. He is a doctor in business and he's a professor at a college, soon to retire so he can spend more time here. But he goes into a deep dive on things like gross margin, things like pricing for profits. So he's really teaching all those business applications that you need to know as a small business person. And here's our vision for these Spark members. We want them to get to that $2 million mark we want them to get to three to $400,000 in profitability, real cash flow, and we want to show them how to do that in two years. And here's the reason why, Nate. Brian, if I can get someone to do that for two years, and if I can teach them discipline, and I can teach them business management, and if I can just do it month by month, they're going to get more sophisticated, they're going to get a history of data. Habit. By the time they roll into the third year, guess what? They've created They've got habit. money. 
Yeah, they've created a habit. They've got money in the bank, and we're going to teach them about making sure they pay their taxes, right? We're teaching about financials, but they're going to have money in the bank, and then they got a decision because they're going to be organically growing now anyway. You get to two million, and you've done this for two years. You're going to go to two point two, two point four the next year, just doing what you're doing on organic growth. But they get to make decisions now. Now they get to decide: Do I want to go to four million? And if they want to go to four million, then guess what? That's Spark Level Two. Now we don't have Spark Level Two built today because we're starting with Level One. We're not going to get the cart ahead of the horse, which is another thing that's going to make our success group different than everybody else's. And you guys mark my word: everyone else is going to copy us soon because it's a good idea. I could promise you they're going to they're going to copy us soon because it should have been done 20 years ago. I should have done it 20 years ago. But what's going to be different about our group is that we're not going to put everybody into the same room. That doesn't do any good. When you go to these other groups, it's not that they're bad groups; they're great groups. A lot of them refer people to us. I love them. But you send someone that should be in the third grade into the college class, and you put the fifty million dollar guy up on stage, and you brag on him, and they're just sitting there going, "I can never relate." So our groups are segmented, and they will stay segmented. But you get to graduate. We're going to graduate you if you want to. If you want to stay two point four million and just make twenty percent profitability, then go for that. You can have a great life there. But if you want to go to four million, when you go to Spark two point oh, we're going to teach you what you got to do now to go from the two million shop to the four, and so forth and so on. That sounds so great. So we're really stoked about this. Yeah, for sure. And and uh, I'm I'm sure this is uh, new and exciting for you as well as many people who are trying to join it. Is this strictly for HVAC or is it anybody in the trades? Right now, it's HVAC. Um, we launched, uh, March is our official launch month. We've hit our, we hit our goal for new members yesterday. We got a few more, I'm sure it's gonna come in today. But we're gonna start with HVAC, and then we're gonna launch plumbing, and then we're gonna launch electrical, and then we're gonna launch roofing. So our goal for this year is to have the other trades launched. So by the, by the time someone listens to this, it may be available, um, but what I'd say is that if, if you got another trade and you're interested, then come over here and talk to us. But, you know, we've had people that are primary plumbers that have been toying with wanting to launch an HVAC company join because they're like, oh, you know, I've been wanting to launch this HVAC business, but I don't know how to do it. So, you know, we got like a $1.8 million plumbing shop that just came in and, and joined as an HVAC shop. He's got like one tech that he hasn't known what to do with for a year. So he's going to learn. But yeah, it will be all trades. It'll be all four primary trades, uh, plumbing, air conditioning, electrical, and roofing uh, this year before it's all said and done. So yeah, but we're going to start with the sub two million. We're not even we're not even going to attempt to build content out for those that are above that. We're going to stay extremely focused on helping these guys mature into the next level of business. And by the time they mature, the next level will be ready for them. And we're just going to keep doing that. And we're just going to you know just keep baby stepping it along the way. And and what's really cool about this, I think, is that it's getting a lot of people very excited. Um, some amazing people that are in the industry that have done some, some really big things are referring people to us. And uh, some of these people, they, they've asked me not to reveal their name until it's official, but they're going to be inside of our mentor program where they are going to step in once a month or once a quarter. And, and, and someone that has developed those $100 million companies is going to come in and tell them like, hey, they remember when they were their size and these were the things that they learned. 
So that's going to be cool because they're going to get a chance to learn from some of the big guys. But, you know, we're not going to go crazy. We've also got some guys in here that are running the $6 million businesses for the $2 million guys. So, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be really – it's going to be neat to see it grow. And, and uh, I, want to give, I want to give a shout-out to what some people may consider to be a competitor, which is a next star. Because Julian Skaden, I, I, I want to, you know, give him some credit here. I was telling him about this vision. We were having some old fashions in Austin when they came down. You know, Julian's got a massive heart. He's got a great team there. And I want people to hear me say that. I want people to hear me say, I love Success Academy. I love Lance Sinclair. I want people to hear me say, you know, Bob Houchin at Success Group International is one of the finest men you'll ever meet. I want people to hear me say that Julian Skating as a CEO at Nexstar is amazing. I want people to hear me say that because I think people get the wrong ideas in this industry, like, oh, you're just competitors and you hate each other. No, that's stupid. But that mentor idea came from Julian, and, 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 and a lot of encouragement of this program came from Julian. And Julian's not even on Facebook. I don't even know if he listens to podcasts. But I want you guys to know that, that people that believe that we're in this for the trades are going to get behind this. And people that are in it for themselves are going to be opposed against it. And, and I've had some haters in a big way already uh, call this a scam. And I'm like, how is it a scam? They don't know anything about the program. All they know is it's, it's, it doesn't have them at the center of it. So therefore, it's a scam. So people that are for the trades are going to be about this program. And people that are for themselves are going to be against it. And I think that's going to be a real simple distinction to know where people lie. So one thing I wanted to cover there, Todd, is mentorship, because that's something that we've talked about many times before, and it's something we'll continue talking about. Whether you're a tech in the field or a business owner, a startup existing, bringing in a new trade, whatever it is, mentorship is so critical. In fact, uh, we mm -hmm. just had Ken Goodrich on not too long ago, and he was talking about how if you're not in a best practices group, like, what are you doing? Right. And so, <laughs> you know, like whether it's whether it's for business, yourself as an owner, or, or mid-management or tech on the front line or a CSR or an admin person, like find somebody who is ahead of you and ask them for that mentorship. It's humbling. Yeah. It's admitting that I'm not where I want to be, but it is, it is uh, obvious to everybody when you make that question that you're serious about going somewhere. Like this can't just be lip service. This can't just be like, Ooh, I know I, I need to ask somebody like you need to carry through. You need to execute upon it. It's something we're doing here at our business. We just put uh, three new operations managers in charge and we're trying to run them through a mentorship program. And whether that's, you know, a casual breakfast or a, a sit down intentional like Q and a session or just learning by osmosis, the idea is to develop, right? And that's what this course is doing for business owners, but it's what we should all be looking for and looking to do with those whom we are around us. I agree. So uh, Todd, you know, our, a lot of our listeners are based in the front lines and they are driving down the road right now. While the Spark program might not necessarily be their cup of tea at this stage in their life, uh, what are some things that they can be focusing on, focusing on in terms of like just forecasting their own career, developing themselves, you know, thinking bigger, thinking broader, outside the box, you know, dreaming, so to yeah, speak. 
Yeah, because we have we have like technicians in the truck, right? That that's that's a big audience for you guys, correct? That's right. So, love the love the techs. You got a heart for techs. You know, I, I consider myself one. Uh, I consider myself a, a practitioner and then a learner and then a tech. So so here's the thing, guys. If you are sitting around in the truck and you're thinking to yourself, you know, what's my future hold? The the truth of what your future holds is is what you want it to hold. And I don't want to sound like two pie in the sky or, you know, pontificate or any of those things. But th this is the sort of stuff that I think about a lot. I think about people that, you know, are 21 and they get into the trades. And then seven years later, they've done these crazy phenomenal things. You know, maybe they are a multi-million dollar selling technician or, or comfort advisor. Or maybe they've gone from being a technician to now they're operating as a GM. And I look at those people and I go, look at that, isn't that amazing? They did that in seven years. But guess what? I think about people, I mean, like Ray Kroc. You know, this guy's the, the, founder, uh, the, the founder of the current system of McDonald's. You know, he, he didn't create McDonald's, but he took it to what it is. I think about him driving around selling milkshake machines. And he's 54 years of age. You know, kind of in this dead-end thing. And all of a sudden, he gets this inspiration. He started believing, like, oh, wow, there's, this, there's a way to do something that's successful becomes involved with McDonald's and ends up, you know, running the whole operation. It becomes his. He, he, he buys it, in essence, at 54. Creates one of the, the, the biggest businesses ever. So when I think about these things, this, this is the reason why I'm telling you this, is there is a very historical truth, and if you believe in the spiritual side of things, there is a very spiritual truth to this, that a person can totally become like a new individual and whether you're already successful today you can reach even greater levels of success or maybe I have no idea maybe someone that's listening to this is like one of our members who I'm not going to say their name because that's that's for them that's not for the world but this guy used to work for me uh, you know a long time ago at, at, at Drain and Air Rescue he was one of my techs and good kid and then went through some struggles, right? Went through some struggles that, you know, folks don't want to go through. Got his life right, and now he's on absolute fire as a business owner. Absolute fire as a business owner. So I don't know where you're at if you're driving in that truck and you're like saying to yourself, like right now I'm, I'm struggling, you know, with substance abuse. I'm, I'm having, I'm going through a divorce with my wife. Um, all of these things are going through a terrible, you know, place in your life. And, and you look at it, and, and a lot of them are your fault. Just own it. It's your fault, right? You, you did a lot of these things. Here's the thing. You can renew, and within seven years, within seven years, I can guarantee you, you can have everything lost restored, and you can have more than you ever thought that you ever could in life in seven years. So you go, seven years, that's a long time. I'm just telling you, it's just the way that it's just the spiritual cycle. It's the way it works. It takes about seven years to when you make a decision and say, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna recover what was lost." When you make the decision, because it's, there's got to be a real decision point, because I think that's the thing that happens to most people. The reason why they never turn their life around is they never really make a decision. They never get sick and tired of being sick and tired. They never break old habits. They never really force new change. 
but you make a decision and it all can be recovered and more. Now, I want to be very specific about what some of those things have to be because um, this is important, right? I was coaching up someone that's pretty dear to me and they're going through a slump right now. And I've seen this before many times, but let me tell you a little details about the slump, right? So, so this individual was a, you know, a cigarette smoker for most of his life, um, liked high energy drinks and all these things, right? So he's consuming cigarettes, he's consuming high energy drink, he's got these artificial you know, highs in his life, and it's got him jacked up, it's got him motivated. Guess what? His cells are good. I've seen this so many times. This is not a one-off incident. I've seen this so many times. Doctor says, hey, you got to quit that. You're making yourself sick. You're going to kill yourself. Hey, you got to quit that. Nate Bryan, guess what happens when he comes off the cigarettes, comes off the, the, you know, the, the energy drinks? You, you think his cells soar or you think they go to crap? We're crashing. They go absolute to crap. I've seen this so many times. I've seen so many people that, that have you know, a chemical baseline, whether it's stimulants or whether it's drugs. Because let's be honest, there are, some, there are some really high-functioning drug addicts out there. We don't want to admit that, but that's the truth. There's some high-functioning alcoholics. They've, they've lived their whole life learning how to do that, but then one day they're like, I can't do this anymore because I'm going to die. I'm going to lose all these relationships I've ever had. So they, they, they quit something that their, their body is saying, like, hey, this is normal for us. You know, having these chemicals in my body is normal for me. Having these negative thoughts in my body is normal for me. Thinking trash about people is normal for me. Basically, being not a great human being is normal for me, but I've learned to operate at this. So they have this moment where they're like, I'm going to stop being, you know, this person I don't want to be, and they give it a shot, and they suck. So they're like, I'm not, I'm not good as a good person, so I'm going to go back to being a crappy person, and they ruin all their relationships, they ruin their family, they end up broke, they end up dead. That's what I mean by decision. Because here's the thing, and that's why I said seven years. Because you're going to have a couple of months, not days. Forget that. That's bull crap. You're not going to have days. You're going to have a couple months. When, when you say, hey, I'm going to get rid of these chemicals in my body that your body's become addicted to, your body's learned to work off of it. By the way, when you get rid of these mental thoughts that your body's become addicted to, your mind's become addicted to it, it's learned to be a negative person. It's learned to be a backstabber. It's learned to be all of these things. That isn't going to change overnight. No, matter, no amount of magic pill is going to change that overnight. You're going to have to get disciplined. You're going to have to grind for a couple of months. And then one day, what do you know? You're a new you. You've learned what life feels like not stimulated. You've learned what life feels like off drugs. You've learned what life feels like with love instead of hate as your driver. And all of a sudden, you've learned this, you've adapted, and your results start going up. And then your results surpass where they were because now not only are your results going up and your energy's going up, but what's also happening is that the stuff that used to drag you down, although you thought it was lifting you up, it was dragging you down, is gone. The shackles are released, and now your energy becomes abundant, your relationships become abundant, your life becomes abundant, and you start succeeding in a crazy way like you've never realized could happen. That's probably going to kick in right around you know year one where you learn new styles. And then year two, people are kind of like, is that, a really, is that person really changed? I'm not sure if that person's really changed. So I'm not going to do business with you yet. Or I'm not going to let you back into my life yet. But then around year three, they go, holy crap, this person has changed. Okay, let's tiptoe into it. And around year four, they're like, okay, this guy's, this guy's really changed. He's a real person, but I'm still going to keep my eye on him. But then by year seven, they don't even remember the old you anymore. All they remember is the new you, the awesome, amazing, healthy individual. This is spiritual.
God has taught us this lesson. And it's, you know, it's clinical. You know, psychologists and doctors have learned this, right? You can heal your body, you can heal your mind. You can't do it overnight, don't believe that bull crap. It takes time, it takes discipline, it takes a decision. It takes realizing that it's going to get worse before it gets better. But you're going to stick with it and just say to yourself, hey, this is just, this is just what's normal. My cells are down right now, this is just what's normal. So I've had this conversation with people many times before, and they don't hear that often enough, man. And, and when you just get with someone and you say, hey, look, the reason why you don't feel like yourself is because you're not yourself, but I'm here for you. I'm going to support you. I'm going to encourage you. Let, let, let's stay off the old ways. Let's stay on the new ways. And it's going to turn around, baby. It is going to turn around. That's what I tell someone in the truck. Yeah, take me to church there, Todd. That's good stuff. I love it. And that is, that's encouraging because, you know, it, it is uh, uh, an industry filled with a lot of heartbreak, a lot of long hours, a lot of broken relationships, uh, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, a lot of uh, difficult life choices. And if there's one thing that we do besides trying to motivate people along the way, and uh, we want to provide hope, man. And I, I love that. I love that last, you know, 10 minutes you just gave us there where you're saying it can be found. We have a fundamental mission statement that rises above all else, and it's to give people hope and to give them power so that they can have a better life that affects everybody, everyone, themselves, their family, their clients, everyone. That is, that is our ultimate mission statement, and when we lose focus on that, we suffer as a company and as human beings. And we got to reset our focus back to that. But when we keep our focus on that, hope is very powerful. But it's not power, but it is powerful. You know, power is giving somebody a resource that they can transform into something new. Give you some knowledge. Can you transform that knowledge into a relationship? Can you transform that knowledge into money? Can you transform that knowledge into a, a profitable business? So. Our ultimate mission is, is very simple. It's those two things. Can we give them power and can we give them hope? Why? So that their life is better and the people that they touch are better for it. That's, that's the service excellence mission and that will never change. That's who we are. Well, whether it's service excellence or it's the new program Spark, I'm sure there's some interest in uh, getting involved. Where's the best place uh, to find uh, some information about getting into either of those programs, Todd? Yeah, so serveextra.com. S-E-R-V-E-X-T-R-A.com. Um, you can also reach out to me. Look, I'm going to pull one of Ken's moves. And I've always thought to myself, Ken is, Ken is kind of crazy for doing this, but it shows his heart. I'm going to pull a Ken move. I'm going to give you my personal cell number. <laughs> I've never done this before, so this is outside of my comfort zone. But this is it. It's 512-579. 1791. That's my real life. If you texted me right now, Brian or Nate, that's my personal cell number. 512-579-1791. Nice. I can't promise that that I will always be instantly available, but what I can promise is I'll get back to you same day, and if I can't get to you, I'll connect you with someone on our team that will love on you. Someone will help you. So serveextra.com. My, mo- my mobile number, Todd at ServeExtra.com. Those are some great ways. Facebook. 
I think if you type my name into the search bar today, I think I'm pretty well published. You'll probably find me pretty easily. That's great, Todd. And we appreciate uh, you being an advocate for the industry and providing so many resources for both technicians and now business owners. My pleasure. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate what you guys are doing as well. You got a great podcast. You're doing it for the right reasons. You guys are running a great company there. You got a beautiful story. So, so thank you, Nate and Brian. Thanks a lot, Todd. Great talking to you as always, man. My pleasure. Hey, what a great show with Todd. I know he's got a lot of things going on and this is something new and exciting. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're a business owner, we highly recommend that you check out his spark program. It could be the very thing that takes you to the next level. Or if you're a technician, uh, it's something that we've talked about before, but he's got some great programs for you as well. Make sure you check him out and all of his resources at the information that he provided to us there at the, uh, the close of the show. We hope that you enjoyed this one. It's a wrap for this podcast, and we want to make sure that we're leaving you with our same challenge each and every week, which is to choose to wake up every single morning and waste no day. 